Hey, uh, I'm Nishid Chroma. I'm an artist and designer based in Toronto, Canada, and you're listening to the Mountain Movers podcast. This is the Mountain Movers podcast, a platform for you, the ones with a voice to be heard but no microphone to speak it. This is your time, your chance to become more than they believe you are, more than you believe you are. So let's do this together. laid eyes on Nasheed's artwork at the beginning of this past summer and I can honestly say I've never seen anything like it before. Welcome back Mountain Movers. Today I am chatting with an artiste. I may have spoiled this intro question but let's hear it from him. Nasheed, let's get things going. Tell us who you are and what you do. Hey Jake, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Nasheed. I go by Nasheed Chroma on Instagram, and uh, I've just uh, moved into becoming a full-time artist. And so what does that look like to you? Take me through sort of this day-to-day in the life of an artist. Yeah, so um, this is like pretty recent. I I just went uh, full-time on my birthday, actually, November 11th. And uh, honestly, it's, it's, it's pretty chill. Like, uh, my day-to-day usually involves, uh, there's an element of social media, uh, just like kind of doing all like my Instagram stuff. Um, there's, I have a few commissions kind of ongoing at any given time. Uh, so right now I'm kind of designing some of these compositions for my clients and waiting for their feedback. And at the same time, I'm planning my own personal pieces uh, there was a point where I would paint every day, uh, at the beginning of the year, I, uh, took on this daily painting challenge. Actually, I was working at an architecture firm and, uh, they were pretty great to me. I just knew I, I, I didn't want to do architecture, but I had no idea that like doing this daily art challenge would kind of amount to this kind of, I feel like I'm just chilling, but I'm, I'm, putting in work it never feels like work you know what I mean right so I guess you can say that you're currently pursuing your dream exactly man honestly I I shared a story yesterday I just like overcome with emotion like sitting down thinking about like opening up my iPad to start a new painting and it was like wow like this is like what I get to do every day now like it's it's what I want to do to spend time and like it's welcome by people I don't know. And it's, it's crazy. It's actually crazy to me. Absolutely. And so I know that you've built quite a following over Instagram. Uh, is there sense of satisfaction through that? You've built this community just based around who you are as a person and this artwork that you're developing. You know what? It's like a, it's an interesting question because I don't, really look at my number of followers with a lot of regard like it kind of snowballed really fast like it's it's amazing when I like look at it objectively but being kind of the 
person behind the number, I got to say, like, it doesn't, I don't feel any different than how I did when I first started. At the beginning of the year, I had a thousand followers. It's gratifying in the sense that I took the time to understand how social media worked mm. and like really immerse myself in digital marketing because that was kind of the strategy, right? Like social media was used as a tool to keep me accountable. Otherwise doing anything daily is really, really hard. So kind of gamifying that, that objective for myself and then seeing the numbers grow as a result of my commitment to that kind of game is validating. And so just touching now upon the artwork that you do make, you offer what I'd call a unique take on expressing popular culture. So what inspires this work that you do create? Um, that's another great question, man. Uh, I've, I've loved music my whole life. Um, it's been such an important thing to me growing up. Uh, like some, I moved around a lot as a kid and uh, never really got the chance to make close friendships uh, up until like the grade six. And then in grade six, I met this group of dudes who are obsessed with Lincoln Park. <laughs> and it's like, it's pretty toxic actually, because they made me do like an initiation to be their friend. And the initiation was that I had to memorize 20 Lincoln Park songs. Um, and I did that. And like, I don't know, like I can relate that like intense investment into music then as similar to how I invested my energy into art this year, because it just like showed me how much I can, I love it. Like it didn't feel like work. Uh, and like, I don't know, my relationship with Lincoln Park kind of introduced me to just like this, this passion. And later on in like my teenage years, I actually started to produce some music. I went by uh, DJ Fusion <laughs> um, and like, yeah, I was producing. I DJed a little bit in undergrad. So as I said, I was doing this daily art challenge. Um, and when I was doing this, I wasn't really focused on anything. You know, I kind of just went on Pinterest and I found images that I thought were nice. And then I would paint that as fast as I could and then post it the next day. And then through, um, through Instagram, there's like this, this kind of concept among the art community that that's known as like a draw this in your style challenge so i was doing a lot of those as well because essentially how it worked was there were these big artists you know who had multiple thousand like hundreds of thousands of followers oftentimes um and they would paint or draw something and then they would challenge their followers to paint it or draw it in their style and like the advantage of doing that was you know if your your work was good and like the original artist liked it, they would share your work and it would give you exposure to like, you know, their whole audience. Um, so that's kind of like the strategy that I was using to grow. Um, and things really pivoted for me when uh, the weekend dropped after hours. Um, Cause I'm like a huge weekend fan. He's like my, my number one uh, ever. So in anticipation of that, um, I did this weekend piece and just prior to, uh, you know, after hours dropping, um, I had launched my Etsy shop because around April, the beginning of April, people had started asking me if I was selling any of my work. 
uh, and I wasn't, but I decided to kind of take action then and uh, set up a shop. And when I put the weekend onto Etsy, it just started to do really, really well. Um, like it was selling a lot. And I think it was just like a matter of like uh, the right place at the right time kind of situation where like I had, you know, painted until April daily. So my skills were at a point where I think I was able to produce something that weekend fans were able to like gravitate towards and resonate with. So when I launched it, there was just like this like huge kind of like takeoff. And I was like, huh, you know what? There's like a market for this. So that's when I changed my stigma about pop art. Cause there's a lot of stigma when it comes to painting celebrities. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's like familiar to you at all. No. What does that look like? So there's like this concept of fine art, right? Where uh, your art is somehow in line with like art history and like contemporary kind of context. And it's deemed by a certain group of elite people to be fine art. However, you don't often have pop art considered in the same category. Pop art is often considered commercial art. And like, you might not get that art in like, say the MoMA or the AGO because it's like deemed to be of like lower status. Mm. Um, so I don't know, there's like a little bit of shame associated with like uh committing to this practice but like i was like you know what am i allowed to swear yeah of course <laughs> all right um i was like fuck it like i i like this like and i was like a huge proponent of painting whatever inspired me hmm. um so if like music and musicians and other pop art stuff inspired me like you know my art should just be a reflection of that and I think authenticity kind of always outweighs um, judgment or like criticism. So I just kind of stuck with my gut and then kept, uh, you know, pushing forward. And I did a whole bunch of like music uh, artists. And then the florals that I've recently been doing have kind of been like a natural, I guess, evolution. Because before I was doing portraits, I was painting flowers and I was just like really drawn to them. Um, But on Etsy, I was starting to get some like uh, copyright issues. Like EXO, the weekend's label reached out and they were like, yeah, no, you can't sell this anymore because like we own the rights to the weekend and his image. And that happened to a few other of my pieces. And I know... Like at that point, I kind of was like, okay, I have two options here. You know, I have to drop this completely or I can like really understand what is at stake. Anyways, I wanted to be safe. So uh, that's when I tried to just experiment with how could I capture the essence of these people who inspire me, but also kind of protect myself and then the flowers kind of were like a natural fit because I was so drawn to them. And I had no idea that uh, it would resonate so much with people. Um, they're like kind of a great 
device because you can imbue them with so much meaning. Just jumping back, you said a really, a really cool word. It was this, um, you said fusion. And so I guess ultimately that's the kind of work that you create. You combined what you felt moved you, which was, you know, the weekend, other artists, their music, because music obviously resonates really deeply for you and you combined it with this talent and this passion that you have which is art yeah you know it's actually a, a good way to frame it like i don't know why like the concept of togetherness or like mm. i don't know fusion was like uh my dj name and then before that like my like online persona was unity x3 <laughs> so this like infatuation with like bringing things together has been like a recurring theme I guess and the way I look at my work really I kind of try to understand it similar to how I understand the music industry where I have these kind of iconic images of iconic people and I'm remixing it and much like a DJ would remix a hit song and make it their own like that is kind of my attitude about what I'm doing here. It's sort of like your signature right? I mean, that's how we identify things as our own. If we autograph our name on it, if we autograph our flavor, our own unique take on it, then people are going to know who it belongs to. And so I guess this type of work that you're creating is very authentic to you. So when people do see this type of work, they will think of you. Yeah, I guess like that's not even necessarily a hope. It's, uh, it's like a manifestation of just where my interests have taken me. And I guess that the choice of expression is becoming more consistent with more experience. Would you say you've always been artistic or do you remember the first time you sort of identified yourself as an artist? Yeah, you know, like uh, I, I've always loved to draw and like my like earliest memories are of me drawing um, as, since I was moving around so much as a kid, like drawing really was like, my like escape my like way to like I don't know do something that was pleasurable since I was missing out on like social connections um and yeah throughout elementary school and high school like I I loved art but being you know from uh like a South Asian background like the the notion of studying art was just off the table like there was so much shame um associated with it like yeah, I'm sure everyone's heard the stereotypes of uh, wanting, like our parents wanting us to become like doctors, engineers or whatever. Um, like my mom thankfully did have an investment in like my, my artistic interests and put me in like a couple of like extracurricular art classes and like always kind of encouraged me to do what I did. Um, but yeah, there was no kind of hope to pursue it uh, moving forward occupationally. And I never really thought it was, it would be possible, you know, like, it's not even like if I had a desire to do it, um, like the fear of not being able to do it was like too high. Um, so out of high school, I wanted to do, uh, architecture because I thought it would be a good combination of something artistic, but something that was like, high paying and reputable. So it would be the best of both worlds and everyone involved would be happy. I didn't make it into architecture school out of high school because uh, my grades weren't high enough, but uh, went to University of Waterloo and 
studied urban planning for my first semester there. And in that semester, I had also taken a fine art elective. And that, that elective changed my life. Throughout elementary and high school, like I was kind of like the big fish, you know, like I went to a high school that wasn't art focused. So me being so invested in art and had practiced so much, like I, I stood out and I was used to that. Um, but then in university, like I was in the same room with people who were like me, who have put way more time into their craft than I ever could have. Uh, and that was just like a huge shock to me. And one critique in particular really kind of ignited my desire to kind of improve my craft at that point in time. And this prof goes to another student and he was like, you're absolutely brilliant. Like, I don't know why you are in school for this. You should just produce art and you will be so successful if you do it that way. And I was so sad <laughs> that he didn't tell me that. Um, and that's actually when I decided to switch in to fine art. So I did my undergrad in fine art and psychology. And the only reason I had like kind of the mental fortitude to do that was because architecture was still my long-term play. Everything I did, I figured if I'm at least studying something I like, I can have my grades high enough so that when I do apply to grad school, uh, architecture grad school, I could get in. And while I was doing that, I did not touch art at all. And that was four years. And I had actually no idea that I would come back to it. Architecture school is really hard. And uh, I think I kind of realized after a couple of years of it that this might not be what I want to do. This is kind of all coming back to like how I really decided to commit to this daily art challenge at the beginning of the year because I knew I wanted to switch out. And at the time, I wanted to do like maybe a different design uh, occupation, maybe like graphic design or UX design, uh, something that would uh, be higher paying and had a little bit more work-life balance because to all my architecture people out there, I love you, but like we work way too hard <laughs> and we don't get paid nearly as much as people think. But when I came to grips with how much work it would take to switch into a UX or graphic design role at a firm that I really wanted to work at, like it was intimidating, like thinking about like it would probably take a full year to to create a portfolio robust enough to be considered by anybody I wanted to be considered by. So my girlfriend got me this iPad and uh, I decided to focus on like, you know, how gr gr grateful I felt to be at this architecture firm. And I thought, I watched this video on YouTube. The, the host is named uh, Chris Doe and he's like a very successful graphic designer and uh, the owner of his design consultancy firm called The Future. And he interviewed this uh, graphic designer. Uh, what's his name? I can't, I can't remember his name right now for the life of me, but the video was about Chris interviewing him because he got a job at this elite design consultancy in New York because he committed to making a poster a day. Hmm. And uh, 
it just really inspired me. I was like, wow, like I've heard of like myths of people who do something daily and then that like manifests into something awesome. Being an artist obviously takes a lot of guts and, you know, with everything that was just said, that proves it. I mean, you're unsure of sort of what's around every corner, no matter what way you are expressing your art, right? You could be a painter, you could be a writer, you could be a dancer, you could be a singer, but as long as you're doing what you love, it sounds like everything's going to be okay. And that's one way to look at it. But has making, you know, your art, your passion, your livelihood, do you ever second guess this path that you've sort of taken? No, because I enjoy what I do every day and I enjoy every day, you know, like my work life balance is confusing because like I'm working every day, but I'm not feeling it as work, you know, but the thing is like when I step back and look at what my day looks like objectively, like I am, I'm putting in a lot of hours and I work through the weekends and like I'll prioritize like doing my own stuff over, I mean, during COVID, obviously there's no social kind of obligations but uh when i first started i like i would you know i sacrificed a lot of like you know social things so that i could focus on my art and that that sacrifice paid off and i don't regret any of it to be honest because the, the way i look at it is i enjoy what i do and i made the decision to invest time into what i enjoy doing so when it, if it ever happens that I don't enjoy what I'm doing anymore, I've proven to myself that if I, at that point in time, figure out something else that I'm interested in, something else that I enjoy, it'll probably work out as well. You know, so it's like opened up a lot of room for optimism. I think optimism is a big thing that sort of we're all searching for, especially given the last year. And so I guess with that being said, have you been able to lean on your artwork as sort of this, you know, this one piece of sanity throughout 2020? Yeah, 100%. You know, like, it's shown me a lot of things. Um, like, I've learned a lot about myself, you know, and like, learning to trust my gut. Um, and like, being authentic, because there's always uh, pressure now, you know, like, that's the one thing with the, having a bigger following is that, uh, I'm I'm kind of scared to produce the next piece when the last one is well received because I don't know if I can keep up with that. Um, but what does help, because that can cause some serious performance anxiety. I gotta tell you, man, that it, it's really daunting sometimes to to open up a new piece. But what is nice is when I let myself trust myself and the process and my ideas and not focus so much on the reception of a piece because after that piece is done, regardless of how it, it, it performs, uh, I will produce another one. And there's like an infinite number of chances as long as I have energy to keep making art. Um, so in that kind of experience, like it, it's taught me a lot about like persistence, and uh, kind of mindfulness, you know, because channel in on what I want to do and its purity is, is it's a tough thing, uh, I got to say. And um, 
it's still hard, but I feel a sense of pride, gratitude, knowing that like it's a skill that I'm constantly working on. And I'm also happy and proud of being able to be kind of gentle on myself when I, you know, sometimes slip or I'm not as like mindful as I think I should be. Like when people say want a piece done by me, you know, like there's often feelings of hesitation, like, you know, I'm not really inspired by this, this artist or this person. Uh, but like, I know that this can sell because there's clearly demand for it. And because this is now like my livelihood, I do have to think about things in like a, a business kind of, from a business point of view. Um, but what's been nice is learning how to kind of cultivate inspiration when I'm not otherwise inspired. Uh, that's really taught me to treat inspiration almost like a muscle, you know, where if I strengthen my inspiration muscle, I will be able to find inspiration for anything that I'm tasked to do. And that is kind of similar to the gamification process that I used to uh, use towards social media. Um, and honestly, going back kind of to the main question of like, has it helped me through this year? It, it really has just cause like, I don't really have time to think too much. Like when I was making a piece of art every day, uh, there was just no opportunity to overthink it. And I did that for 220 days before I decided, you know what, like I should maybe step back from this goal because the business side of things started to really take off. And if I had persisted with, you know, the daily challenge, it was like a fork in the road. And like, I could have maybe, you know, it would have been a different outcome, but like, I don't think I would have been at a point where I could have taken a full time. Really large picture is doing this art every day throughout this year has both been salvation through all of the bullshit outside, but also like inwardly helped me to feel confidence in like doing this for a living. You made the decision and no one could have made that decision for you. You know, that was, like you said, a fork in the road you chose one way you know now you have no idea what that other direction was going to take you but ultimately it's taking you here and I guess it's safe to say that when you choose to follow your heart it can be super fulfilling in many ways but you know I'm sure that there's many hardships so what has this path that you've taken taught you I mean we've, we've kind of touched on this but like it's really taught me that if you want to accomplish something or actually rather than that, like if you really enjoy doing something and you commit to apply energy to that thing consistently, it will turn into something bigger than you could ever imagine it. And like, I know that sounds like a grand sweeping statement, but like, that's kind of the the feeling I got watching that YouTube video I was telling you about. And that was my hypothesis at the beginning of the year. It was like, you know what, like I'm going to do this daily and I have no idea what I want to do with it. Like it would be cool maybe to like, uh, use like, you know, this new skill 
to maybe make clothes or something, but like there was no idea. Now I I make more selling art than I ever did at my job. Right. And that like blows my mind, you know? Do you have any of your own pieces hanging on your wall? Yeah, I do actually. Which ones? Um, I have eight, I have 10 of my pieces on two of my walls as like a reminder of kind of the, the grind to get here. Yeah. So I have uh, on my front wall, the one that I looked at, kind of like my, my top sellers, which are The Weeknd, uh, The Certified Lover Boy, uh, Mac Miller, Frank Ocean, and the Harry Styles piece. And then on the back, I have my Yeezy piece, my MJ, my Snow Allegra, my Slim Shady, and the Khabib. But I think I might swap out Khabib for Donald Glover soon. You know, it's kind of like a Nasheed Hall of Fame, right? I mean, you yeah. were able to, you know, put what was once an idea onto this canvas. And I think that's the beautiful thing about, uh, you know, being an artist. But I guess I'm just curious, how do you envision your work changing? And I'm sure, you know, that's a hard question. But do you see sort of your work, you know, evolving over time or growing or where do you want to take it? It's hard to say. Um, frankly, I don't really have a direction in mind. Like I, I really kind of enjoy the attitude that I've approached art with from the beginning of the year, which was just, you know, act on whatever I like. And I think as I continue to do this, the things I like will change. And I'll have more confidence to kind of experiment with things. Um, and I think just like those two ingredients will naturally help to push my style into, you know, something hopefully more mature or um, I don't really have a word for it. Like, I feel like even if like my work changed dramatically, in like the next two years, like say like all of a sudden I move from these like pop art icons to doing like sculptures or something and somehow fuse my architecture knowledge with my like sculpture practice from art school. Um, but like somehow imbue elements of what I like about my current work. Like maybe it's like these metal architectural forms, but like the metal is like printed with floral print, like you would see on like a, traditional South Asian dress. I don't know. I think if I were to like give myself advice, it would be to just, you know, try to be as authentic as possible. And like right now it's important because there is often like a lot of pressure uh, to say, for example, keep painting musicians because that's what my follower base kind of knows me to do. But like, I also really like uh, video games and like nostalgic video games. And I had this whole like idea for a series of like video game characters. I have an idea for like a series of artists that like have inspired me, like visual artists throughout history and contemporary ones, architects. And it's funny how like my work has ended up revolving so much around portraiture, uh, but at the beginning of the year, like I knew that was the area of my art that I felt I was the weakest at technically. So I just focused on painting portraits and then that snowballed, you know? So I think 
how my style might evolve from like a technical point of view is like being uh, self-aware enough to look at my work and objectively criticize what areas I think can be improved and focusing my attention and energy to that. And I think when you do that, you're like watering a seed and then that seed will eventually flower. And right now I already have a couple of these plants, you know, and my style will end up becoming, you know, uh, a product of what my bouquet looks like when this new flower grows from the seed that I choose to water. I know it's like a very flowery, <laughs> flowery like analogy. It says um, a lot about the kind of work that you make though, right? You say you paint flowers and obviously you have this metaphor that hits close to home. Yeah, exactly. Like I think talent is just the kind of a byproduct of like consistency, consistently trying to improve your craft in the most mindful way possible. And talent is a seed that ends up, you know, maturing into like a tree that other people can recognize. Mm. Um, I think people look at talent almost like a piece of treasure, you know, like I need to find it. Um, I don't have talent or like, I don't know what my style is yet. Like speaking specifically to other artists, but like, I think everyone has a style or a talent and someone can have multiple styles and multiple talents because there's like an infinite number of seeds that you can choose to water with attention and time. But like, because, you know, it's always the hardest to raise anything young. Like it takes a lot of commitment at the very beginning. Um, but once, you know, your, your infant talent turns into something like an adolescent, like you can be a little bit more hands-off. That's a, that's an interesting way to look at it. And I guess, you know, this artistic journey for you started, you know, when you were little, obviously you draw a lot of inspiration from, you know, back in the day. And you mentioned earlier in this episode that you posted a story yesterday, just kind of like truly emotional and blown away by, you know, how this journey has evolved. And I saw that and you know, it made me think of this question, but if you could, you know, go back and tell four-year-old Nasheed that, hey man, you can do this. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. What other kind of advice would you share with four-year-old yourself? Honestly, that's like the, the, way, the way you put it is like really nice because I think I would like just try to validate myself more than give myself advice, you know, like mm -hmm. tell myself that, I, I, I was worth something. I would tell myself that uh, to like trust myself more and that I will, you know, grow from being authentic, even though it's scary. I would advise myself to like, you know, learn more about being empathetic and like to be a better person really. Cause I think it was from just like learning to be more empathetic over the last couple of years that like, I was able to almost be empathetic with myself, you know? And like, I had this small desire to pursue something that was scary. 
and like I don't know the empathy towards myself was like hey you know what like that's a very valid thing you want to pursue and it is scary but let's try it if it doesn't work out like what's the worst that can happen um whereas like you know before it would be like dismissive like dude like why would you try that like it's not worth it like it would take so much work you don't have that type of energy you know like I would dismiss myself um and like those kind of toxic thought patterns existed like for a very long time so I would you know try to validate myself and like make try to make my younger self feel better and uh hopefully just be some type of role model figure to to him because my long-term goal is to hopefully be like some type of creative role model for other South Asian people because yeah the stigma is is so hard you know like the people like me who love art like the number of people who sacrifice that to pursue something their parents wanted because they don't know what's possible with art is just kind of sad. I think that that's you know a very beautiful thing and sort of takes us into our final question here before we wrap it up that if you could offer a piece of advice to you know someone listening someone that stumbles across this podcast and doesn't really know how to get that foot into into the door of what they want to do is there a piece of advice that you'd offer to them honestly it might just be like give yourself more time you know like some people might not be at a time and a place where they could really invest energy into you know a passion and that's fair um like i don't think i advocate for everyone to at any given time to start pursuing a passion if they don't have the means to i think i would like just advise like you know maybe reflect on what it is you like to do um at the same time i would advise anyone who does have a passion or like wants to figure out a passion to learn about digital marketing cuz honestly it's like the problem with being an artist is that like the lifestyle relies on the gallery system and galleries are essentially like the most kind of stable marketing outlet for an artist but if you can learn to market yourself you're no longer tied to these kind of traditional methods of sharing your work and it really makes like impossible to do anything like not even just for artists there's like a whole show on youtube about chefs who cook out of their homes and just through instagram are like doing really big business uh they cater for families and like events um musicians are kind of in a similar boat right now like with tiktok um i think figuring out how to leverage social media and digital marketing as assets um or even like you know weapons to to push your own agenda further will help in any case and you can learn how to do that before you have a passion i guess finding the energy finding the time and i guess once you have the means of pursuing what it is you want to pursue you kind of just go from there yeah exactly all right well thank you so much nasheed we're actually going to jump right into the mountain minute are you ready for this Let's go. This, 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 this is, is the, the Mountain, mountain minute. minute. Three, two, one. Favorite movie? Uh, her. Favorite food? Burgers. Go to breakfast? 
Um, it's this uh, traditional Bengali uh, flatbread dish, and they and they eat that with uh, like some type of meat curry. Favorite song? Ah, oh, shit, that's a good one. It kind of changes from time to time, uh, but like I've really been feeling uh, Mob Ties by Drake. Like whenever I want to get hyped up, I play Mob Ties, and it gets me super amped. Where did you first hear this song? Uh, on his Scorpion album. What is your guilty pleasure song? Uh, it's this Hindi song called Surajwamadam. <laughs> Favorite day of the week? Mm. Shit. I don't know if I have a favorite day of the week. Least favorite day of the week? Uh, when I was, I guess, in the office, I really didn't like uh, Wednesdays, actually. Favorite color? Oh, shit. I have so many different favorite colors for different purposes. But I think broad spectrum is probably like, like a mustard, actually. What time do you usually go to bed? Between 2 and 5 a.m. What time do you usually wake up? Uh, between 10 and noon. If you could have any animal as your pet, what animal would you choose? Uh, maybe like an otter or something. If you could change the stigma around one thing in the world, what would it be? Uh, definitely mental health. If you could trade lives with anyone for a day, who would it be? Uh, um... Lives of anyone in the world would it be? Shit, <laughs> that's a hard question. Take your time. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I'd want to switch my life with anyone famous. Mm. Like, and like it sounds kind of sad, but like I would like I come from a like a family background that's not necessarily the most stable or like there's like toxic patterns in like my family, and I see other families who like don't have that at all, and they could never imagine what that feels like, mm-hmm. so I think I would want to live in the shoes of somebody who comes from like a family or like who have parents that are like just so loving and mm. encouraging of anything. I, I think I, I would love to experience what that type of like genuine selfless care feels like from a parental figure. Right. Okay. If you could have any superpower, what would you choose? Oh, probably want to fly. Honestly, flying is sick. Sweet or salty? Salty. Coffee or tea? Ooh. Tea. Rain or shine? Shine. Day or night? Night. Favorite number? 11. Where do you want to travel? I want to live in Bali. <laughs> um, I love it. I went once and like absolutely stole my heart. Uh, my girlfriend and I talk about moving there for like a year or something. Uh, and then like the rest of Europe would be really fun too. 
fill in the blank this podcast is amazing i like that word that's a good word to choose there thank you brother yeah no honestly like we talked about me a lot it'd be so great to interview you because i have so many questions of course well i'm definitely down to maybe do a spin-off episode and get you back on the mic i would love that cool brother well thank you so much for sharing your story with us uh we appreciate it i appreciate it and it was really nice connecting yeah thank you again for having me like i feel really honored that like you took an interest in what i had to say it's seriously flattering and very very sweet no no worries at all so where can our listeners find you find your art where can we see you uh you can see my website nashidchroma.com n a s h i d and my instagram handle is nashid.chroma twitter is nashidchroma and tiktok is nashid.chroma can we see some uh, tiktok dances on that account <laughs> not yet but definitely in the near future there will be some hot dance moves we're all looking forward to it all right thanks <laughs> No worries, man. Thanks for tuning in to yet another episode of the Mountain Movers Podcast. Join our community on Instagram at Mountain Movers Pod. Rate and review us on all streaming platforms. And let's grow the Mountain Movers community together. Until next time, keep climbing. Love always, Jake. Jake.